Hello, this is Father Bryce Evans, a priest of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, with the Deep Down Things podcast, offering a brief reflection on the conversation with Nick Markell on iconography in the life of the Church. One of the recurrent themes that emerged in the course of that conversation was that of the transcendentals and their role in the life of the faith. The transcendentals, those traits of being that run through the whole of reality and which therefore defy any merely imminent explanation, act as sorts of windows into the transcendent source of all things. Truth, goodness, and beauty, therefore, function something like God's fingerprints in his creation, testifying to his handiwork and offering us an initial familiarity with our creator that allows us to recognize his voice when he speaks to us in Revelation. Special attention was given in the conversation to the role of beauty among the transcendentals, a theme famously developed by the 20th century theologian Father Hans Urs von Balthasar, who sought to elevate our appreciation of the role of beauty, the so-called forgotten transcendental, by positing an analogy between natural beauty and the supernatural beauty revealed in Christ. Just as in the natural beauty of art and of the world around us, the finite shapes of things have the power to so captivate us is to put us in touch with something of the infinite depths of the mystery of our created existence. So too, on the supernatural level, the finite shape and figure of the person of Christ, as he is encountered in the church, in her scripture and liturgy, in his cross and his resurrection, has the power to enrapture us in such a way as to put us into touch with the very infinite glory of God. In this way, we can see Jesus as the supernatural fulfillment of all earthly beauty. And conversely, Earthly beauty can be seen as a kind of avenue leading us to Christ, disposing us to the revelation of his glory. In light of these reflections, many in the church have spoken of the need to embrace the via pulchritudinis, the way of beauty or the way of attraction in the context of the church's mission of evangelization. Especially in an age that is so ill-disposed to direct claims of truth, perhaps beauty, it is thought, with its disarming charm, and its way of cutting through our rational defenses can offer us a privileged path by which to draw people back to the light of the gospel. If truth is to regain its power in our age, perhaps this can only come through the way of the beautiful. It is in this way that Christian art, and especially the uniquely liturgical art of iconography, steps onto center stage in the context of the church's mission. No longer can it be considered a matter of mere secondary importance in the life of the church attack on to be attended to only after other more essential matters have been set in place. No, if the way of beauty belongs to the heart of the church's evangelical mission, then the icon is a matter of prime importance to the life of the church. It is a principal means by which Christ's beauty is communicated to the world, and therefore also a primary mode of gospel proclamation. The icon embodies the via pulchritudinis, the way of attraction within the church. And yet as I consider my own experience of the icon, and especially my first encounter with icons as a young man, I must admit that attraction isn't the first word that comes to mind. Rather, to my modern and western eye at least, and I suspect I am not alone here, the icon appeared not so much as something beautiful, but as something foreign, austere, flat, stern, even intimidating, and potentially off-putting. If there was an attraction there, it was a startling kind of attraction something that challenged me and demanded a change in my way of seeing, and therefore also a change in my way of being, if I was to come to appreciate it. The icon was, you might say, an acquired taste for me. 
This experience came to my mind during the turn in the conversation that dealt with the contrast between icons and statuary in the life of the church. Whereas Western statuary emphasizes the imminent and humanist pull within the Christian mystery, the fact that the Word, in becoming flesh for us, entered fully into the three-dimensionality of our earthly existence, sharing our human proportions. Icons, on the other hand, accentuate more the transcendent pull of the mystery, the fact that, in so humbling himself, the Word at the same time exalts our humanity into a transfigured existence that far transcends our earthly experience, and which is, strictly speaking, otherworldly, something that can very easily strike us as initially strange and intimidating. As C.S. Lewis reminds us in The Great Divorce, heavenly reality is something far more real than anything we are acquainted with in this world, and as such it is something as equally likely to frighten as to attract us. Only with our own moral and spiritual transformation can its proper loveliness begin to dawn upon us. And this is what the icon emphasizes. The icon, therefore, reminds us of an important tension to bear in mind in the life of the church, in our spiritual lives, and in the pursuit of the church's evangelical mission. While it is true that the gospel is attractive, it is attractive with a strange kind of beauty. The church does indeed offer something of a humanism to the world, an embrace of human proportions, and an exaltation of that humanity that far outstrips any other claimants to the title humanism. But it is not an imminent humanism. It is not anything that might tempt us to grow comfortable in this world. Rather, it is an augmented kind of humanism, of the sort intimated by the elongated forms of El Greco, which embraces us in our human proportions, only in order to call us to something far beyond them. Christ is indeed beautiful, but with a startling and challenging kind of beauty one that demands us to change our way of seeing and our way of being if we are to come to appreciate it. Even the cross becomes beautiful to the eyes of faith. There is a tension, then, in Christ's beauty, and we must attend to it if we wish to be faithful to him in our spiritual lives and in our apostolic witness. The way of beauty is also the way of the cross and of the resurrection. This has been Father Bryce Evans with the Deep Down Things podcast. I look forward to being with you again in future reflections here at patreon.com slash deepdownthings. God bless you.